Welcome to Netonomy's first podcast, where we will discuss IoT, smart homes, cybersecurity, and cyber hygiene. My name is Leon, and I will be your host. We're honored to inaugurate this first podcast with none other than Andrew Tierney, otherwise known as Cyber Gibbons on Twitter. Andrew is a consultant at Pentest Partners, one of the world's leading authorities on IT security, consulting, and penetration testing. They don't just test and break systems. They go after what's really important to protect, data. They test how long it would take to get such valuable data and how quickly the systems and people can spot the attack, giving you a true measure of how effective your security is and where it needs to work. Andrew has many years of experience in security as a hobbyist, mainly working with embedded systems such as routers, intruder alarms, thermostats, IP cameras, DVRs, and IP cameras. And as the Internet of Things trend developed, he expanded his skills into the realms of web applications and mobile applications. If you are not familiar with Pentest Partners, we recommend you visit pentestpartners.com to check out their services and their amazing weekly content on cybersecurity. So, Andrew, nice to meet you, and thank you for being here with us today for our inaugural episode. Uh, thanks for having me, Leon. Um, to begin, I have to ask you, do you live in a connected home with more or nine devices connected? Um, well, I had to do a count of the number of things I've got connected. Um, there's certainly more than nine devices in my network, but the number of them that I classify as IoT devices is fairly low. Um, when it comes down to it, all I use is one small cloud-connected camera for when we're away from home, um, and I don't actually have any other IoT devices on my network. Um, I think it would be fair to say that over the last few years, I've reduced the amount of devices we've had connected to the network, um, largely due to my prodding and poking and starting to trust them less and less. Interesting. So are you concerned about the expanding threat landscape that we have in our connected homes? My primary concern is the way that consumers, uh, and I put myself in that group, we don't understand what these devices are doing. Um, you can't just pick up a device and understand how it operates, what risk it places you at by putting it on your network. So even if you have other controls in place like segregated networks, uh, changing a firewall so they can't access other devices or the internet, you're still not really tr truly sure what that device is doing. Um, we just don't have the time to look at everything that we, uh, that we buy to work out if it's secure or not. Um, and what we've learned in performing tens of tests across many different devices is that generally there will be some security problems. Right, right. Could you take a random guess um, based on your experience of uh, penetration testing? Um, what percentage of IoT devices out there would you say are vulnerable to hacking? Would you say it's all of them or? Well, I think one of the key things here is that given enough time and effort, you'll probably be able to break into any device. Right. Um, the thing is, is you've got to look at it in terms of risk to yourself and what your threat model is. So 
if you've got Mossad after you, um, any IoT device is going to present a risk to you. Um, but if you're a general consumer, then you've got to kind of take take look at what who's going to attack you, uh, look at what kind of attacks they're going to perform, and say, will this device um, put me at risk? Um, and it, in those terms, the average consumer, I'd say probably around 50% of the devices that we've looked at, um, both wow. in cooperative pain, uh, pen tests and adversarial work, um, have had very serious security problems in them. Uh, and by that, I mean either the ability to remotely compromise them um, or the ability to compromise the cloud-connected aspect of the system and take control of multiple devices. So, yeah, it's a scary proportion, I'd say. What do you think makes some companies do the cybersecurity due diligence and others simply ignore it? I really wish we knew the answer to that one. It's We found it's very variable. Um, The, the people that are coming to us vary from the smallest startups um, all the way through to large multinational companies. We haven't really spotted any pattern to see why these people come to us. Um, honestly, what I think is happening is that either an engineer or developer within those companies has had the motivation to research security and the impact IoT can have. Um, and they've just been persistent enough to... Um, to bring security on board in that project. One of the problems we see very often is that people don't budget in terms of time or money um, for security in projects. They just feel it's kind of like a bolt-on that you'd get for free. If you look at it like that, it doesn't get put into your system and you end up with an insecure product. But yeah, I wish we knew. So in a way, this cybersecurity challenge also presents an opportunity for cybersecurity consulting organizations such as Pentest Partners or companies like us, like Netonomy, uh, providing home network security. Um, do you think there are other um, market entrants that could could address this cybersecurity problem in the future? So one of the things that we find is that when people come to us with IoT products, is quite often the, the very basics haven't been done. So we're talking things like they don't use SSL for outbound uh, HTTP communications. Um, they have open ports running Telnet, so they haven't actually minimized the system in any way. Um, what what we'd like to see is um, guidelines, frameworks, and, and standards allowing um, companies to, to do the basics of security so that when they come to, to us for pen testing, or well, they start using a third-party system to improve security. They've already covered those basic things off. Um, it just means they get better value for money out of uh, out of working with third-party companies. Right. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, following from that question, what are the most common penetration methods um, you use that succeed? Is it default passwords, um, open ports, like you mentioned? It's quite hard to... to, to group them into, into the most common ways, but I think that the primary cause of being able to break into devices is not minimizing the system. So that's things like leaving default passwords from development, um, leaving Telnet, FTP, uh, web services running on a device that the user will never connect to those. That's that's the primary way we break into devices. Um, in terms of the, the cloud, um, the way that we've seen them fail most often is that the devices by necessity have a connection into the cloud service. Um, if we break into the device, 
we can then use that device to connect into the cloud service. And it's quite often not the, the case that they don't validate the identity of the device connecting. So if we can pretend to be other devices within the cloud, whether that's mobile applications, other cameras or so on, we can quite often start to access data that we shouldn't be able to. They've been the, the two things we really see over the last year. Um, one of the one of the kind of key things, though, is that quite frequently with pen testing, we won't find um, a method to compromise every single device that's connected to the cloud. Um, pen testing by its nature is, is time restricted. Someone will pay for two weeks of testing and we may not get so far to compromise everything, but we'll find lots of little problems along the way. And it's really key that vendors fix those small problems. By fixing those little problems, they prevent them um, being chained together to become really, really big problems. So a concern that we've always had since the beginning of the internet has always been you know, data, data privacy and the risks of uh, ransomware. Um, but right now with IoT and based on your experience, do you feel that physical risks um, and not just um, data theft, do you feel that um, the problem of going from the cyber realm into the physical realm um, is a real risk that will increase in the future based on your experience? Certainly. So we're starting to see IoT is starting to really impact the real world. So. One of the most common products in the UK is an internet-connected thermostat. Um, and you might not think that being connected to your heating has much of an impact. Um, you know, it's a bit inconvenient right. to come home to a 30-degree or, or freezing home. But if you've got control of 100,000 people's heating, if you could turn all of their heating on or off at the same time, it's possible that you could actually start having impact on either the electrical grid or the gas distribution network. Um, much bigger problem if you move to other countries like America, where air conditioning and electric heating is far more common. You could put massive draws on the grid uh, affecting the real world. But IoT is moving into other physical areas. So we're looking at automotive. More and more cars are becoming connected. And as we've seen over the last few years, there's been significant vulnerabilities found in cars, including being able to remotely control them. Uh, the one done by uh, Miller and Valasek against the Jeep. Um, we've seen concern around defibrillators um, and pacemakers that are connected. Um, obviously, you've got an implanted device in your body and someone can remotely control that. That starts becoming quite scary. Um, the other thing is we've always had problems with what's called SCADA or ICS, Industrial Control Systems. Um, traditionally, the security of the systems controlling power stations, waterworks and so on has been pretty poor entirely relying on the concept of air gapping, really. Um, there's not much difference between SCADA and ICS and IoT, really. They're very, very similar systems. So I think over the coming years, we're actually going to see more and more attacks that take impact in the real world. Yeah. There is really an important need for, for cybersecurity as we, as we go into a completely an Internet of Things world or a completely connected world. Um, when it comes... To the consumer, as we were talking, and just to finish on this point, um, what can the consumer do when it comes from cyber hygiene perspective? What would be your uh, your heuristics um, when it comes to your connected products at home? So the first thing I'd have to say is to vet the devices that you bring onto your network. Um, take a look at the company that produces them. 
do they produce firmware updates for those devices? Are they recommending that you do something risky like port forward to the device from outside your network? You can get a good feel for whether a product is going to be secure and if that company takes security seriously. So don't bring insecure devices onto your network. The other thing is you shouldn't treat your network as a safe space. Companies and uh, homes alike quite often run things like open windows shares. Um, they don't change the default passwords on their router and things like this. And that means if a device on your network is compromised, an attacker can actually start to access the data and change things like the configuration on your router, which would obviously be a serious risk. Beyond that, it becomes very difficult to give advice to, to a consumer. Um, it's very, very hard for them to judge whether they're putting themselves at risk. They don't have the insight or really the technical knowledge to do it. Whenever I run IoT devices, they're running on a separate VLAN, so a completely distinct network from the rest of my computers. Uh, they use a completely distinct Wi-Fi network. All these kind of things are very, very difficult for users to put in place. What we are seeing is dedicated routers being brought out that allow users to put this functionality in place um, to protect themselves. And I think that's probably the way we're going to see IoT security go in the near future. Right. I have to agree. It's not just... It's not just uh, providing cybersecurity solutions, but there is a lot of work that needs to be done when it comes to consumer cyber awareness. Um, Andrew, with that, thank you very much for your time, and thank you for being a hacker for good. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> thank you very much. We'll be in touch. Great. Thanks, Leon. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>